Hello, dental online trainers. This is Dr. Dennis Hartley. Welcome to another episode of DOT Sharecast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hello, dental online trainers. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, and welcome back to another episode of our DOT's Sharecast. I am excited to continue my conversation with Jerry Gottlieb from GG Consulting. GG's been a guest on our Sharecast uh, many times previously, and today I'm especially excited because she's going to talk about or share with us some of the great information that she has regarding disc personality styles and how we should be using them in our practice. Uh, Gigi has been our consultant in our dental practice with uh, my partner, Dr. Uh, Chris Ching, for over a year now, close to about a year and a half, and it has been a wonderful experience, and I am so grateful that Jerry is going to spend her time with us sharing this awesome information. So without further ado, Jerry, welcome to our ShareCast. Happy to be back. Like Thank home you. now, like home. Like I'm like home. part of the DOT. <laughs> home away from home. Uh, maybe I, you should start the, sending me some kits and I can maybe do some hands on. Well, you know, you got to learn somehow, right? Here, a little DIY here. dentistry. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it. For those who have not uh, participated in the other ShareCast, let me tell you what we did cover in our first ShareCast. The first one we talked about defining your practice culture. Uh, Jerry and I had talked quite a bit during the COVID time and we, uh, we, we, we have come to the understanding that for, or she's known this, I'm coming to the understanding that the first things first, we have to have a, an understanding of what is our culture. And that's obviously needs to be defined by the owner or the dentist. We then in our second share cast, we started talking about um, core values, vision, mission, all these things that are so important to helping to build our team culture. From there, we went on and talked about how these, how the culture is defined, uh, how we, how how we see ourselves in our practices, how our practices defined. We later then in uh, the further uh, podcast or sharecast, we talked about the hiring process and we talked about auditioning versus interviewing for new team members. Mm-hmm. At that last interview uh, with Jerry, we got into talk, talking about disc styles and we talked about how we can use these styles to help us as we're managing our team members. So we had a, just an introductory conversation about that last time, and I asked Jerry if she would do a deeper dive into DISC styles. So Jerry, I'm looking forward to having our conversation because I'm finding this information completely fascinating as it works, as it pertains to our practice especially. Mm-hmm. Well, and you guys have been pretty exceptional, Dennis, because you're, you're in that you know, top 10% of people who've actually dived a little further or delved a little further into We're doing our homework, Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've done your homework and even introduced another book to me that was helpful to me in how I relate DISC to the teams that I work with beyond, um, beyond just the way DISC and my learning and my certification in DISC uh, presents itself, but in also another re- very relatable way um, with the book called Chameleon. Oh, you know what? Hang on. I'm going to share the screen. This is a book by uh, Merrick, uh, Merrick Rosenberg. Yeah, Merrick Rosenberg. Uh, let's see. I have a photo of this up on my screen for those who are looking because <laughs> there's actually, you know, there's a children's book called The Chameleon, which is by uh, Eric Carle. 
And so anyone who has little kids, Eric Carle writes some of the best little kid books. He, uh, he has great uh, illustrations and the stories, are, you know, they're, they're little kid books. So they're, you know, they're kid books as, as they should be. Uh, but he has great illustrations. And so people might recognize The Chameleon from Eric Carle. This is much, much different to Merrick Rosenberg. So if you're watching the, uh, the ShareCast, you should be able to see that on my home screen right now. And I'm going to stop sharing. All right. I did a little homework, Jerry. So oh, okay. I, I will confess. I will confess. Okay. I was introduced to disc style many years ago. And I will confess that I thought it was creepy and wrong. <laughs> I did. I did. I thought it was really total creepster. Because I was, my belief was, you should be able to understand who the person is. And if you're going to start uh, color coding or start labeling people by their behaviors, I thought it was just total creepster. And I was completely against it. So uh, you have influenced me greatly in my appreciation for the disc style. And I read this. Uh, the disc assessment is a non-judgmental tool used for discussion of people's behavioral differences. That makes a lot more sense to me than thinking that I'm going to be able to sort of control people or because I understand how their behavior is, then I would have, you know, sort of the upper hand on them, which is what I was sort of thinking, quite honestly, why I think it sort of creeped me out. So that was one reason why the whole disc thing sort of put me on end. And I'll tell you a second reason. Uh, this has to do more about my arrogance. I, and we talked about this last time, I was familiar with the Myers-Briggs uh, evaluation, which I had done with a bunch of study club members yeah. many years ago. And I looked at the disc style as like, all right, you're not sophisticated enough for Myers-Briggs, so we're gonna give you sort of the baby version or the B team version. And what a mistake that was in my thinking. Uh, I found this on the line. I thought this was interesting. They said the Myers-Briggs is largely an indicator of an individual's internal thinking while DISC is designed to measure how people, um, uh, how their personality translate to external behaviors, how they behave, yes. right? Yes, exactly. And um, going back to what you said about the, the non-judgmental tool, which is exactly right, I have that written down too, Dennis, for to talk about it, is it's, it's then understanding how our differences prefer to interact with others. That's what's so cool. And that's what I want to talk about today, because this is really what's been profound for us for our practice is, and we've talked about this, Jerry, about taking a pause, uh, but being able to understand that the way, you know, the old saying is, uh, treat others as you would like to be treated. Yeah. Right? Which, which we've wow. all probably grown up with, right? And so what is actually, what should we be doing? Well, I think it's, so I want, how, how's that working for you is what I want to say, right? Because, so there's one thing to be the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, yes, and how, going back to even what you said, Dennis, about you said, if I understand somebody, I should just be able to understand them. And then I know, you know, how to be with them. Um, yes, and, but how do we get to know that? How do we get to know that without having conversations about our styles? But, but Jerry, if I can interrupt, even saying, even having said that, let's say I get your style and all, Yes. but I have my internal influences and I may think that your style is just ridiculous or laborious mm -hmm. or, or immature or maybe any number of uh, 
what we would call characteristics that I would assume these, this to be. And that then keeps me from being patient and understanding the point that you're coming from. Right. Right. So, right. So thank you for bringing me back. Cause I had actually lost my train of thought for a second there. I'm here for you. When I, I, I appreciate it. So, because when, if I come to you in anything, whether our relationship is work or whatever it is, and I come to you the way I want to be treated, the way I like to do things, the way I see the world, right? And I come to you that way. It, you're a different human being than me. You, Very. You, you think differently. You respond differently. You enjoy different things. Um, we're going we're gonna to have conflict, right? We're going to have a resistance to each other. Um, if I don't understand how you function and that you like things in short details, get it done. Just tell me the facts. If I need the backstory, I'll ask you. But me and my high I style, who's like, let me tell you all the things and all the story and why this is so exciting, et cetera. And I come to you that way. You've, you've already shut me out. Right? Yeah, you've exactly. already, you're already like, holy cow, no. So then what happens is you shut me down or you say, just get to the point. And I'm like, right 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 exactly so now I right so that hinders our communication but when I know now I don't have to stop being me forever and you don't right. have to stop being you that's so important I think for the listeners to understand it's not about changing who you are right no, no. at the end of the day disc or any behavioral style assessment is about understanding yourself and how you like things and respond to things and what makes sense to you, understanding the people that you work with. So I use this primarily for workplace, but I have some funny stories about doing it with my family too. Sure. And it helps us to understand how we, you and me as a team or us as a team actually work together. Perfect. Right. So if I understand your style and your preferences, now it's not just that I can just take this test, Dennis, or say, here, Dennis, Take this test for me. Um, it's going to tell me everything I need to know about you so that I know how to deal with you and I know how to function with you. Of course not. It opens dialogue and conversation for us to learn a little bit more. And for I say, you know, Dennis, does this ring true for you? Do you just like bullet points and get to the point? And you say, yeah, totally right. that's me. Then I go, okay, great. So when I need to bring something to you, I can still be enthusiastic. I can still be excited. I can still be, you know, but I know I've got to come prepared. I've got to come with some bullet points. I got to tell you that I've done my homework and then it's not just based on my feelings. Right. right. And then you're ready to hear me and talk to me. So Jerry, you, you brought up the test. So let's talk about that. Cause I don't think we, we really didn't get into this in our last conversation. So I know there are two, two different, two different disc assessment tests. Sure. One of them is a, a more basic level, if you will, sort of an, I don't know how you describe that and then more advanced. So t talk about the two tests, how the, how the questions are designed and mm -hmm. what, what the evaluators or the evaluation is looking for. Great. So, and, and actually there's several tests okay. with a specific focus, but what you're referring to Dennis is what I use when I sign up and work with you as doctors and or practice owners, or if you have a, also a practice manager or administrator 
is I send you the full algorithm calculated online disk assessment. And how many questions is on that assessment? It depends. Okay. Because, because it is measuring, and I'm, I'm trying to look for the term for this, but the algorithm is um, designed in such a way so that you are not easily able to trick yourself or think to yourself, I want to answer these the way I think I should answer them, not how I truly am. So it will add more questions to your assessment if you have been inconsistent in your responses. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. So not, so people so don't it's adaptive. I'm sorry. It's an adaptive yeah. test. That's what so, that means. So if I take the test and my partner takes the test, we're not necessarily getting the same exact test. It's going to adapt no. to the questions that were, that were, how we're, how we're responding to certain Correct. questions. Oh, Correct. that's fascinating. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's very exactly. interesting. Now, when I send you those tests, I can send, ask you to focus on yourself as a leader. Mm -hmm. I can ask, I can send you the test that asks you to focus on yourself as a team member or in the workplace. I can ask you to focus on yourself as a manager. Um, so we can get, I can ask for tests that are specific in nature. And then I want you, when you're answering these questions, to think about how you behave and how you interact at work that's great mostly that is the same as how we interact in life and at home but at home you know i might be more like you dennis especially as a mom um, and as a single mom at some point in my life for many years i had to be much more right I, i'm the protector i had to be driven right. i had to be direct but my most natural tendency is to be i want to have more fun yeah. i want to be let's, let's have fun together right. um so yes it's an adaptive test. And I give that to all of my leaders and managers uh, and owners. Then when I come on site with teams, we do that paper assessment. So that's right. the one you're talking about, which is sort exactly. of basically the, the elementary level, easy to understand. We're not going to make this complex. We don't have element of P, X, Y, Z, Q, which, you know, nothing against Myers-Briggs because I've taken sure. that many times too. And all tests have their, their validity and their use. Um, but I try to make it as simple as possible. And we do sort of that, I call it the scratch and sniff, but there's no sniff, it's just scratch, right? When, so, so that again now? I'm, I'm, oh, right, I, I right, 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 right. Okay. I put that paper assessment that's like scratch and sniff, but right. there's no sniff. Yeah, yeah. There's only like you reveal, you know, you're gonna answer these questions and, um, and then reveals sort of the numerical value of each letter character, which then ultimately gives us what is your most dominant style. Right. It's a multiple choice test. They have four, uh, four responses, four answers, and then they A, B, C, D. And then they will add up how many Bs you have. And then that will sort of how many A's, how many B's, how many C's, how many D's. And then that will sort of give an understanding of your preferences, your behavioral preferences. Right. Right. And then, you know, like, as you have experienced, what we do is we talk about that. It's not just like, okay, here you go. There you go. So you're a D. No. So right. one of the things going back to what you said in the very beginning too, is about pigeonholing. We talk, I talk about this a lot. I think people still do it. I got to revisit it sometimes with sure. teams. Like, don't put me in a box just because I'm an I. Don't box me in that. Yes. Because so many other things affect how we respond and behave to in, in stress, situations. right? Stress. So let's say stress. it's a new employee. 
So a new employee comes yeah. in and they're very quiet and right. shy. That may just be the stress of coming in and not knowing anybody, right? They could be yeah. an eye, but they are very careful not to exhibit that when they first walk in the door. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we talk about that too, which brings me to, you know, I may be jumping ahead, but um, what we, not, not pigeonholing and not deciding that just because you're this or your outward behavior is this, that you must not be as detail oriented, you must be unfun, or you must be this. That is not, don't, don't pigeonhole and don't assume people's outward behavior necessarily reflects truly who they are, what they like to do or don't like to do, or that they're smart or not smart. Because what DISC and really any personality or behavioral assessment test cannot test for and not really tell you is skill and ability. Sure. Education and competency. Mm-hmm. And it really can't tell you if you're crazy. If they're a sociopath. Because, right. but, but true, I mean, true sociopaths can hide their oh, yeah. behavior tendencies, right? I mean, that's why For they're sure. able to get away with devious crimes and crime. behavior, right? Because they yeah. are, they are able to hide that part of their personality. Yep. For sure. Or yes. like I've, hired, I've hired those before. They're fun to work yeah. with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. So it's like, yeah, exactly. So they can't, it can't, it can't tell you if someone's crazy or not. You'll Curious. figure it out soon enough, but you can't yeah, see exactly. Could you do me a favor? I think on your, uh, you have available the, uh, the disc uh, image. Could you, yeah. could you pull that up on your screen share? I sure can. Not that I don't enjoy looking at you because you're just wonderful, but it's time to look at the, the <laughs> It's time to look at the, real, the real material here. Let's get to it. Okay. The Seahawks. So, go, I'm sorry. Yeah, just no offense. So I'm, I have this broken out. This one isn't in a circle, but disc, I'll go to this one. Um, disc typically is symbolized, and this is really more of a branding style than anything, in the cir- circle format, right? With disc um, describing um, the D of disc, describing somebody with a more dominant style, uh, results-oriented, direct, maybe a little more competitive, I being influence, um, somebody who's more enthusiastic, friendly, optimistic, S for steadiness means that particular group tends to be more steady, since quiet, a little more quiet, but not always. They can also be very outgoing. Um, sincere, patient, modest, and C is more compliance and or you'll hear it as um, conscientious, uh, more accurate, cautious, contemplative. So DISC really is, is a two and then four dimensional assessment, right? On the upper half um, of the DISC is the upper, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? dimension is the more outgoing styles right the more outgoing if i can interrupt you for just a second for people who are just listening to this and if you want to be able to see what jerry's speaking about on the written blog version we will have this so if you want to listen and then just pick up the blog at some point then you can see the actual uh, graphic that jerry is sharing with us so if you're only listening and not watching at home you can pick up the the blog and that will also go with that. Okay, so sorry, I just wanted to make sure those who are listening, they understood that there will be availability to see it on the blog. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, more outgoing is, is one dimension, right? And different styles, as you can see, can share in that outgoing part of the behavioral style. Lower dimension is more reserved or tends to be more reserved. Um, these tend, people tend to be more introverted, more quiet, uh, more thought provoked. Maybe they're not as comfortable in a lot of activity and settings, but not necessarily, right? And then we split it side to side. So we can have a more reserved, people-oriented side. So I and S's tend to be more in that people-oriented, social type group. And the C's and the D's tend to be more task-oriented. So let, let me just bring this to uh, COVID. So my, my thinking as I'm looking at this, Jerry, is that yeah. the people who probably are struggling the most being at home, working mm -hmm. from home during this COVID period is the people who are on the right of the chart, the people who are the people oriented people, right? The people who like, even like the S's, they, they may not be outgoing, but they like being in this community, yes. right? They like having people around where someone like myself, who, where I'm a D somewhat C, I'm okay with it. You know, this is like, yeah, I've been training for this my whole life. I'm okay with being alone. <laughs> well, it's funny that you said that because I, you know, a couple of my own children are um, also very much on this task oriented, reserved side. And they were like, we've been training for this forever. This is right. perfect, right? They are not missing things at all. And whereas you're right, people who are more, um, get their energy, right, it's a from other people or being in social settings, which doesn't mean, like for me, for example, as a high I, that does not mean I don't like time alone. Of course. That yeah, I think that's a great point to bring up. It doesn't mean that, right, it doesn't mean that that's where you have to live forever. Yeah, no, exactly. It just means I need to recharge there. Right. And so, but, and likewise, I've been uh, on the charger <laughs> for the last four months. I'm ready to get out. Right? I'm traveling for the first time to get on site with clients on Sunday morning. And I can't wait, right. I can't wait to get back out in, into the world and yet cautiously and, and with appropriate uh, protection, of course, and social distancing. But, but yeah, I think for a lot of people and, um, and not even just the people-oriented people, but I think COVID during this time when you're just sort of locked off and cut off is very difficult, but especially for your I's and S's probably. Yeah, and, and it made sense to me intuitively that I's would have, have trouble. Yeah, but well, even I, the D and the I, right, Dennis? Because yeah. they're also in that upper dimension of being outgoing. Yes, yep. Yeah. But I can see now, as I go back and I look at our team meetings that we had during COVID through Zoom, that uh, our S's in our practice were not responding in our meeting very, uh, not, not with the same energy, not, not that they had like super high energy to begin with, but they were interactive in our person-to-person -person team meetings that we would have weekly at the office. We right. do the Zoom meetings when they're isolated and yeah. they... they just did not 
they did not seem to want to add into the conversations. And I now, as I look at this, I think this is probably, they like to be into the group when they're talking with a group and not on a screen. I wonder if that was part of it, now that I'm thinking back at it, but that was something that my partner and I, on the members of the team who happened to be S's, we noted yeah. that they just weren't very participatory, but yeah. they were when we're in person to person, just, a, just yeah. an aside. Well, I think it's true, but even, so you are lucky in that. And I think it's because of, you know, the culture and the work that you all have done that your S's and your C's on your team um, have felt and been drawn out. We've learned how to communicate with them to get them to share, right? To get them yes. to be participatory in the team meetings. What I often see, Dennis, and I think even you might've experienced it earlier on, is I'll get feedback from people like, ah, it's just so frustrating, you know, because they've got half the team that doesn't even say a word at the team meetings. They don't participate, yes. you know, and I'm like, okay, let's remember who they are. It doesn't mean they're disinterested. It doesn't mean they don't want to. It doesn't even mean that they don't have anything to say or share. It means we have to help draw that out from them more because their natural tendency is to be reserved and to listen and to take it all in and process it. Yeah, Whereas our C's and I's are more like, let's do this, let's talk about it, let's work it out, let's fight it out, let's all of that. That's so true. I think you, if you look at in your chart that you have with the C, one of the, the three things that they, they list is accurate, cautious, and contemplative. So right. if you imagine there's a healthy discussion going on in a team meeting, people who are, who operate more in this sort of C mentality, they need to process the information. Oh, for sure. Right? So they need to go and they need to think about it. So they're not likely to jump in and start adding stuff right in the beginning. And we've had, we've had conversations with one of our team members, especially who's very strong C, and she will say, you know, I, I need to think about this. Yeah. Right? She's contemplative. Where someone like myself, who's D, I'm just very direct and I'm just like, I'm like, let's just get at it. And someone who's an I, they want to, you know, they want to get in there because they're so enthusiastic. Yeah. So I think that's really, that's, that is really important as we're doing our team meetings and as we're, uh, we're do, working with our team members, sort of to understand their influences. And I think this is why this is so powerful for me, Jerry, because I didn't get that. Look, I, it's embarrassing. I'm almost 57 years old. And it's been 56 and a half years for me to finally understand this. And it's a long time coming, you know? It goes back to even what you said at the beginning again, Dennis, which I thought is so great. It's like, I, so we can understand, like, oh, I can tell by someone's outward behavior. I, w I wouldn't know exactly, right, without giving them an assessment. But I can say, okay, that person is um, just quieter. They like to process things. It doesn't mean I know how to help them do that. It doesn't mean I know how to um, present things to them in a way or even how to taper or temper my enthusiastic eye with, I got a lot of D in there, like, let's go, let's do it. Did we just agree on this? Well, let's do it. Versus, wait, what are the pieces that we need to think through, yes. right? So we can get frustrated then with that person not understanding that they truly do need that time to process. And so, and yet not always am I gonna have time for them to process. 
sometimes we have to make a decision and it's going to be that we need to make this decision. You know, I just pretend I'm a C. Jerry, I know this is going to be harder for you. And I, I'm happy at the end of the meeting today or, you know, to sit down with you separately and talk through some of these pieces, but we're going to, we're going to go. This is, we right. don't have time to actually contemplate this and process it. We need to go. But what I love about understanding the C style, so for me, Dennis, I don't know if you can see my arrow. Like, I can, know, yeah. My, my, my dot on, uh, in the eye, which we'll talk about, um, the farther out your dot, which you get a dot when you take a test, it takes up all the algorithm, and I'll show you in just a second, a sample of that. It gives you where, like how strong of an I am, am I? How strong okay. of a D are you? The farther out towards the circle, the stronger your tendency. The farther in to the circle, this might still be your most dominant tendency, but you maybe can, are more adaptable to the other styles or, you know, you still, like I might be an I, I might be my highest thing, but down in here, it may be that I'm a little quieter of an I, right? A little more sensitive of an I. A little more sensitive of an I or a little more, you know, whatever. But again, I don't want us to misunderstand, right? And we talk about that when I'm with the team, right? What would be a possible misunderstanding of Jerry's style? And how can we get past that? What might be a possible misunderstanding that S's face, right? So for, I think what's important for listeners to understand is that we are not simply just one, uh, one of these yep. DIRFC, we're all, we're, we have all four of them in us most, most often, right? Yeah. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this. So, so uh, this I'll let you go, go with this. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was going to say about the I and the C, but I'll, let's just talk about this here. That was a great point, Dennis. We are all parts of all of the styles. We all at given different circumstances, different times, different inclinations. We are all of the style. So there's no one style that's any better than the other. We need all of them on a team. That's the thing what I love about this is that we can talk about how it actually moves us forward as a team better if we have a variety of us, you know, the diversity of the styles. Um, if you look at this assessment over here, this is a sample assessment. It's fairly close to my assessment actually. Um, but my I dot is way up here. And no I, surprise. Have, I have less S in me. Um, but I, interestingly enough, have this shading. So it'll show you when you do the full algorithm. And even on that little paper assessment, right, Dennis, you might remember that we, we talked about our most dominant style. But what was our second one? Right. And then our third one, right? Because we, 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 all the, the D, I, S, and C come back, each get a numerical score. There's never been anybody that's come back with a score that said they had zero C or zero S or oh, zero. Oh, I could be close. I bet I was you, close. You, 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 might, you were so, you were close. You were totally close. <laughs> that's um, not true. That's not true. I'm very and, sensitive. And, or that is true. I and love puppies. Or, and or based on your education and other interests or learned behaviors, you're going to see these shadings, right? These little, so you're going to have these solid color gradients and then you're going to ah. have these shading areas. So for me, I am a high I and then I have a lot of D and a lot of C with this sort of shading in there. 
and thinking about a conscientious accuracy, concise. Um, in dentistry, in my years as a practice administrator, and then now as a coach and consultant, this is definitely a learned behavior. Because you have to know about metrics. You have to know oh. about accounting. You have to yeah. know numbers, things that Absolutely. would not naturally be in a high regard for someone who's a, you know, who's a high eye. You had to right. learn that. I had to learn that. And as I learned that, I, come, I, I actually, we call that what my secret nerdy side, right? As a joke. <laughs> because people don't know that I'm super analytical about a lot of things. And I delve deep and in, in look for deeper understanding. Um, that's that. That's that conscientious piece, right? That's, oh, that's that, interesting. I need it deeper understanding. Um, it just means that I'm still going to live in it and present it more in my normal, my most natural way. Um, but I'm going to learn it over here. You'll do and, an Excel, Excel spreadsheet with like a lot of pink blocks and, yeah, and little blocks. stars and things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, There'll still be an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> but it'll still be yeah, exactly. So. Um, what I th one of the challenges that we've had with the simplified test that we would have for our other team members outside of the leadership yeah. people is we haven't really coached them very well on helping them understand that we want them to do this as a team member in the office right. if that's what their role is going to be because what we found without without giving them that direction that their answers would be sort of all over the place. And so we want them to focus, you're in the practice, how do you respond yep. if you're in the practice? That was a mistake that we made and we were finding we weren't getting very clear results on the team members as we brought in new team people. And okay. we're like, really? And then I, because I know that my personality when I'm outside the office, when I'm in my relationship stuff, I, I'm yeah. different than when I am when I have to be the leader in the practice. I have to be the visionary in the practice. Right. I'm not necessarily that in my personal life. And so if you yeah. ask me in my personal style, it's much, much different for me, I think, uh, where I'm comfortable than where I am in my practice and when I'm doing my business stuff. So yeah. I think that's, uh, that's just something I wanted to add for people who are listening. Just as a point, what we're doing differently is just coaching people before they take the assessment. And we're talking about a workplace environment where you're, when you're working yep. in a team with others. Yep, absolutely. Um, like I said, so like at home, especially parenting, right? I, I was much more of a, of a D. Sure. Right? And, um, but at work and when I'm working with others, you think about the things that are priorities. So this is the cool thing is when we really dig into DISC, it talks about priorities of the I, the priorities of an S, or the priorities of people on that side of the dimension versus the priorities of the people on the other side of the dimension. So for me, and all of, all of us on this side tend to you know, be more enthusiastic. We want collaboration. I like to work together with other people. Um, Though I can be very autonomous in my work, I don't need to be managed so much. I prefer to work together with others, right? Whereas over here, sometimes those, the C's, the D's, sometimes it's more like, you know what, it's just easier for me. And I can think of like, even Miss Erica on your team, I'll just do it. Yeah, Let me just do it, sure. I'll just get it done here and then I'll give it to you and it'll be done. That's a curse of the D when you're trying to work in a team. Right? right, exactly, versus understanding like, wait, and I'm more like, no, 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 let's get everybody involved in this, 
for sure. Right? And, and support each other and cheer each other on. Um, you know, this sphere, this side of the disc scale, right? We tend to be more action oriented too, more active, more let's get this done, let's do it, right? So that's something that D and I share together. And down here, our more reserved group likes things more stable, a little more steady. Can we, can we check on the accuracy of this idea? Which brings me to what I was remembering now is most of my dentists, not all, most of my dentists, my hygienists tend to live in this C category. Some of you are CD and all of that makes total sense, right? In order to get through dental school, in order to, all of that, you're gonna to have to have been some of both of these. Um, I, a lot of my dentists have even been on the outside of the C, which means extreme tendency of that style. But they and did very well on their board exams. They're yeah, exactly right. <laughs> But they studied they and painstakingly studied for months and months yes. and months and months and locked themselves away to, to do so. Whereas, yes. you know, I'm getting ready for my board exam. I have one dentist that's a high eye, by the way. And she probably collaborated with all her other buddy dental friends and they, they group studied. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But if I was trying to work with my uh, strong C and I was always just operating in my style, what do you think happens here? You're not going to have a client very long because that, and, and I'll, you know, yeah. and I want to talk about how these all sort of relate, but the issue is, is that if you're coming at a C, a strong C with this super over the top energy, mm -hmm. they're not going to be able to listen to you. They're, they're going to sort of tune you out, right? You're not going to be able to speak their language. You're speaking two different languages. Right. So and we do, but we do this to each other all day long. Oh, so no on, my, on my teams that have a lot of I's and S's or D's and I's and they keep coming at their doctors or their hygiene team that are C's and they're wondering why they, they kind of they have all this disharmony and, and lack of collaboration and what have you is because this, these, these people don't speak that same language. Right. But I don't have to change being enthusiastic and, <clears throat> excuse me, outgoing. What I do have to do is I've got to try to, I have to be more prepared. I have to be more succinct. I have to be slower in my speech pattern. Like you see me even slowing down right now just to talk about it. I have to pause. I bet you have to pre-schedule a meeting. Always. Like, uh, oh, the, oh. C's, the C's do not like just coming in and having a conversation. Oh, there's zero impromptuness typically with, yeah. with this. Where it's like, yeah, sometimes you're like, hey, do you have a minute for, you know, can we just run something by you really quick? And I'm like, sure. If I did that with a C, no. What they, then they want to know things like, what are we going to talk about? Do I need to have anything prepared? In fact, that's a common question that I get. Um, yeah. One of your team members is a, one of Strong your C's, or we call them. And that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, we, we have to go. Uh, she'll ask me almost every single time, do I need to have anything prepared? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, we're, we're just going to chat. What do you mean you need to have anything prepared? No, you don't need to have anything prepared. So, hey, Jerry, I want to interrupt for a second. For those who have not read The Chameleon, what I really like about that book is that it, it simplifies it and makes it user friendly, if you will. So in The Chameleon, they use birds as mm -hmm. 
as objects for each of these distyles. And we talked about this in the last episode, but just very quickly, the, the D is referred to in the book as an eagle. The I is illustrated by a parrot. The S is uh, descriptive as a dove. And the C is connotated as an owl. So if you think about those type of personality types, the eagle, the parrot, the dove, and the owl, that I think those descriptors, and I can tell you our team members will use that all the time now that we've learned that. They're like, oh, that's that eagle, that's that eagle coming out and you know, and say my assistant Erica or myself, or that's a dove, we gotta be careful when we're talking to the dove, we'll have this playful communication style. But it does for me, and I think for many of our team members, it helps us reposition it because all four birds are great. It's just that all four birds are just different in how they respond and their behavior. So that might, that might help people. Yeah, absolutely. I'll stop screen sharing there for a second. I find too, you know, on a team, when you're thinking about the diversity of a team, I, I have to have a seat on my team, right? I, I, we joke about this, but I, I have to have that. And the reason I have to have that is because in my eye style, um, I can get very excited about an idea or a thought that's like, yes, let's do that. And then let's say you have a bunch of D's and I's. And in, in fact, on my previous, when I worked with um, ACT Dental Practice Management mm -hmm. Coaching and I had my team of, of coaches, most of us were D's and I's. Oh, of course, because you guys are out there in front of people. You guys are trying to influence people. Right. But we have one of our coaches who is a C and, and literally on the outside of the circle. Mm. Now she can be outgoing, right? She's not, but she does, she's quieter. She's more reserved. What, what she truly is too is more contemplative. And um, so we'd all be like, yes, we're doing this. We're got it. Let's go. And then sweet Angela would say, raise her hand. Um, can I just ask a question? <laughs> now, we all knew that that meant we were missing some probably really critical piece that we were going to find out the hard way yep. uh, that we missed. And because she would be like, so I, that sounds great. And I'm wondering blank. Yep. And we'd all be like, oh. We yeah. talked about this last time that it, it seems natural that you would want to be surrounded by people who are like you, that it would be easier. It's easy but, to do that. But this is a perfect example on why we need to have all four types so that we can have a, an operation that is yeah. functional and successful. Yes. Yeah. You have more success with that diverse group, but only if they really understand how to work with each other, which is one of the fun things about the book, The Chameleon, which it took to like, how do I work with the owl? And yes. the, the, the owl just needs time to think, or the eagle. The eagle doesn't mean to hurt your feelings. They don't mean to hurt you. They just have big talons. It's hard for them to, to necessarily know that those are hurting you. <laughs> Did right? they pet you like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, and um, I mean, there's so much to this, but I think what I have just found that if it's so funny to even after we present disc and we talk about the styles and we, we spend time, right? Like, okay, well, what does that look like? Let's mock up a conversation and think about way, the way we had a conversation before and why we didn't understand each other versus after we sort of, after we understand each other a little better, 
we, and we can adapt. Our conversations are different and they're more productive. Our so team Jerry, meetings are different and more productive. So people, so people can bring this back home to their practice. Can you yeah. talk about the, the four styles and just sort of briefly, if, if we can start out with any yeah. style type, and in this case, let's say that a D has yeah. to have a conversation with an S. Yep. So very different, right? They're on opposite sides. So they don't share a lot of the same qualities. Or say yep. an S has to go talk to a D. Yep. Can you talk about, like, maybe we can just sort of go around the circle. And yep. what, what is, so that, it's, so that you get a healthy, uh, so that you get a healthy result from the conversation. Mm-hmm. How, if a D needs to have a difficult conversation with an S, what should a D consider when they want to have that conversation with the S and vice versa, if an S needs to have a conversation with a D, how, yeah. should, they, how should they approach the other person? And then let's sort right. of go around the horn and talk about that as we finish up this, uh, our discussion on the DISC assessment Great. stuff. So number one, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Number two, everybody gets this little sort of a cheat sheet that talks about exactly that. But also on your full assessment, it even talks about like what might happen and gives you a scenario. But so let's say a D has to have a conversation with an S. Perfect. Thinking about S as being your more steady style. So when you want to work effectively and talk to the S style, um, you want to start with showing warmth and concern for their feelings. So you're so awesome. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for sitting down. Offer your point of view, but take a more easygoing approach. Give me a for instance. Um, So let's say that S um, is somebody who's been late to work. Perfect. And to the morning huddle each day. You could approach them, and, and this is actually two different things. There's another tool I use for conversations, but you could be in your D style, like, dude, you're late. Why are you late? You've been late every day this week, and we can't have that. We, our team meeting starts at such and such a time, and this is, you know, what's going They are, they have been already, they've, they've now just been crushed. Yes. You don't even know, right? Because right. they haven't, they don't usually run around telling everybody, um, their feelings much, you know, an I is going to be more vocal about saying, Hey, I'm having a crummy day or Hey, I've been having to take the bus to work every day this week. So I might be late. The yeah. S is going to keep that more to themselves until they have to talk about it. Sure. And so you come at them and you're like, listen, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're not, we don't have to have a whole conversation about this, but you can't be late anymore. You got to be here on time. Yes. Now, now that S just thinks has their feelings hurt. They, they couldn't even, can't even talk. They're not going to be able to respond probably to you in that moment because they're, they're all choked up. They're ready to start crying. Yeah, right. So they're going to shut down and, and, and be choked up. Um, so a different approach might be, right, hey, can we sit down and talk for a minute? Could we agree, you know, Jerry, that you're having a little rough time getting to work on time this week into the morning huddle? And we know and we can agree that that's part of our agreement here is that we are here for our morning huddles. Are you okay? Mm. Mm. Show concern for them first. Yeah. Are you okay? Right. And then they'll be like, yeah, I'm okay. It's just, you know, this, that, the other, my car is having trouble, whatever it is. Now we can still have the conversation. I need you to be here. What do we need to do to help you to be here? But you're just having it in their style 
right? A little yeah. bit more in, with some empathy and sympathy with it. Um, when a problem needs to be solved, um, respect their cautious space. I find that interesting, right? If you come at the C or the S styles up close, up in personal, like sort of, that is, they feel like that's an, that's like, oh, that's oh, an That's like a physical attack that you're personally getting into their space. Yeah, like in, yeah. in their space. So like, ooh, so you're gonna kind of give them, like give them a little bit of space don't, so they don't feel threatened, they don't feel attacked. Oh, that's great. Right, um, consider their feelings and other people's feelings when making decisions. Um, set a timeline that fits everybody's needs because S's, much like C's, also are very process. Sometimes they, they need time to process, right? So you have to give them a timeline. Otherwise, they won't ever come to a decision or they won't get something yeah. done because they're going to overthink it or they're going to overanalyze sure. it if you're a C. For sure. Um, and then when things get tense, so you're, so let's say you're trying to approach, you're having a conversation, but now we're having some collaborative tension as I call it, right? Sure. Things are getting a little bit tense in that conversation. Um, address the situation, not personal things, but address the situation, take the person, take anything personal out of that. And, um, don't be confrontational right? Be more curious. I'm going to ask you some more questions about this. What is happening? Why are you thinking that way? Tell me more about that. Help me understand because I'm still over here as my D or even as my I going, no, this is totally easy. This is this, this is it. You're right. on, you gotta be on time. You gotta be at the huddle, right? Well, that's, that's been a consistent message you've had for, for Chris and myself is to be curious. The other thing that you've been really good and clear about is that we should not be questioning the person we're actually questioning the person's behavior in accordance with the core values that we've agreed upon as a team yeah and i think that's been super helpful for so in this in, in this situation and i'm dealing with an s and we're trying to be super sensitive and we're asking are you okay you know yeah. then we can turn it around and say here's here's the agreement that we've made yeah. right our core yeah. values are is that we're going to be good team members we're going to be collaborative with our team we're going to help our team what we need you to understand is that by you being late is putting more pressure on the other team members to pick up your responsibilities that you're, that you're supposed to have in the beginning yeah. of the day. And you're not being, in our eyes, a good team member, which is violating our core values. So it isn't that we don't love you or care for you or right. that you're important to us, but your right. behavior is making it difficult because it's not supporting our core values. Yeah, exactly. And you just said the lot, that last piece is right. Show sincerely that you care about resolving the issue because for an S they are, since they are more people oriented, right? They, they can relate to that. You say to me, you know, as a S or even an I that I'm affecting my team or my teammates with my behavior or my not showing up to the huddle on time. That has more impact than if it's like you're just telling me I'm a bad person because I don't come to, I'm not getting to work on time. And for right. like if you're a D and you're talking to a D, you might not be talking about how you're being a bad team member because we're not so collaborative. What you might mm -hmm. want to talk about is the results. We're not going to get the results. Our oh. goals are not going to be met because we're running behind schedule and that's sure. throwing us off, right? Yeah. So, so that, that, that so sort of changes the, the focus, right? For sure. So flipping back to that, you know, your original question now with the D, if I need to try to connect with the D, I got to make efficient use of my time with you. 
I got to focus on the topic at hand and avoid getting off topic um, and expect candor so that you want me just to be clear. Don't you don't pussyfoot. Is that still a phrase? That's a phrase. Don't pussyfoot around the issue. Just be candid. Right. Right. There's a book called Radical Candor. That's it would be right up your alley. Um, Right. Be candid. Be clear. Um, when I've worked with some D styles who've said to me when they're trying to direct me on something, I know you want to know the why I know you need some of the other pieces. I don't have time to give it to you right now. I just need you to do a, B and C, and then we can talk about it later. Sure. Yeah. When I'm coming to you, I want to be direct and candid. I can't come to you with all the mushy feeling things that the S is going to need. The S is going to, if they have to come and talk to you, they're going to have to, I call it, put your big girl pants on or your big boy pants on. And you're going to have to have a conversation with Dennis and you're going to have to know that you need to be prepared for that conversation. Clear, direct, candid. When a problem needs to be solved, be aware that they respond well to, be, to bold, daring ideas. Um, avoid suggesting unrealistic, positive scenarios. Well, that cracks me up. So true. <laughs> Yeah, right? It cracks me up. Um, And focus on the big picture and avoid overanalyzing, right? So like for you, again, we we talk about, you know, what is the vision? What do you want to have happen here? So that's that big picture. And then you'll tell me and I remind yourself when I'm asking you, right? And then I said, okay, well, then how is this affecting that? Is this getting us closer to that? Right. So reminding you of those big picture things. And then when things get tense, um, I think like for you, and this is the same as true for me, I want to address things quickly and directly. I don't want this to be a drag out. We don't need to ponder all of this all day. Like, let's just get to it and have a conversation. Um, Resist the urge to give into their demands just to regain harmony. Yeah, we don't like that. I, I will say, uh, me, I don't like that at all. I would much rather have a collaborative confrontation than somebody yeah. just throw up their arms and walk away. I, I, I'm not looking to win. And you and I have had conversations yeah. and with my partner um, yeah. where I've had a very strong position on an issue. And yeah. then through our collaborative conversation, I've completely switched. But I need, to, I don't want people just to give up and say, okay, you win. I want people to stand up for what they believe and hold their ground and let's talk about it and work it out. And you know, and if the end, it makes more sense what you're saying, let's do it. I'll support it hundred percent. Right. But I'm, I'm not going to throw up my arms. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. And I love to have that dialogue. I don't find it to be argumentative. I just find it to be a dialogue, collaborative conversation. Because we, we all want the same thing at the end, right? We're looking for the same, same thing. Exactly. I think that's the other important piece, right? Is that are we all looking to get the same result? If the answer is yes, then we're going to all have a different way of trying to get there. But let's have a conversation about it. What will happen with an S, though, coming to a D, especially if you get more um, demonstrative in your excitement or your stance or position, is that they would want to back down. They right. would want to just be like, Okay. And in some cases, you'll hear people when we really dig into this and talk about it, those C's and S's would actually rather not even, they'll rather just do it your way and not even have a conversation about it because it's so uncomfortable for them to typically have that conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So, so talk to us about uh, the other side. Now let's talk about our, our I's and C's since we talked about our C's, our S's and D's because I'm very yeah. interested in those as well. So with an I, like would you need to bring, an, you need to come talk to a high I. Um, be open and collaborative, right? Remember a high I, they like collaboration. We like to work together on something. Um, recognize the value of their energy, their enthusiasm, what they bring to the table. And then find ways to recognize them for the things that they do well um, so that they feel appreciated right, and liked. So if we can have a scenario, we have a dental assistant who is a high eye mm -hmm. and she's wonderful with patients and she's a great team member. People love her but she's not great at the end of the day of making sure that everything's put away properly, that, right, that the, you know, that all the checklist stuff is all done at the end of the day. There's just, you know, that's just not, they don't, they don't like doing all those little task items, right? Yeah. So how does someone have a conversation with an I about, we love you, but, or we love you and, as you would say? Yeah, so number one, I take the word but out. You always say, I love you, and. Um, so this is great, and everybody loves how, you know, Jerry, if it's, let's say it's me. Um, we, you know, we appreciate so much how you engage with the patients. And I mean, there's nobody that can really move a patient forward in this practice the way that you do. And by golly, we appreciate that so much. Um, I, especially, you know, if it's you, Dennis, I appreciate Jerry, because sometimes I just want to be like, just do this. And you're, you can still say that same thing and in a different way, and then they do it. And I'm like, great. Well, your team still needs you at the end of the day. And could you agree that sometimes you might get caught up in all the other things, and by the end of the day, you're just like, oh, that was awesome. You know, we got five people started in treatment, and out the door you go. And you forget that we still need to restock the rooms and do you know, these other pieces. Um, now this is where you, know, you can't be crazy and EQ come into play, but for sure. me, I'm gonna be like, oh, dang it. Yes, you're right. I don't know, I've just been so excited. And then I leave and I forgot to do that. Well, how can we help you so that you do that? Can we create a checklist for you, for instance? We, exactly, and or, you know, one thing with those I's and even the S's, and I don't, sometimes honestly with anybody, but is, do you have an idea of how we could help so that that doesn't happen? Uh, like maybe, maybe I'm gonna come up with it on my own and say, I probably need a checklist. Okay. And if and I that's much check, better. If the person comes up with the solution instead of us uh, recommending the solution, that's yeah. a much better resolution to the problem. Yep. So this is like when you need to solve a problem, it's like show them that you're open to creative solutions. Okay. Right. So sometimes we come with what our solution is, is that you just need to stay and you need to do these things or here, we've made a checklist for you. Now you're going to do it. Doesn't really work that well with the eye. Oh, that's, that's great to know. Okay. It works if I came up with the checklist or if we, if you said, you know, one idea that I have that might help and you can tell me Jerry, if it will help you or not is a checklist. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Yes, actually probably it would. And could we do this, 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 and this with the checklist? And if you don't have a real you know, dog in the fight about how that checklist looks, then you're like, yeah, absolutely. All I care about is that you get it done, that we do it, that we're working together. So whatever it works for you to help you do that, let's, let's do that. That's perfect. That's great yeah. advice. That's great advice. So now I feel valued. I got to contribute. So it's like, Look at, I got to share, I, I got to give some input there. Um, and expect 
spontaneity. So give me an example of how that might play out in a dental practice. Let's say it's a front desk or an administrative staff person. How mm -hmm. might spontaneity show, its, show itself? Uh, I'm, I'm spontaneous all the time. <laughs> and in fact, I'm often better in spontaneity than I am in pre-planned things, which I think is a gift and a, a double-edged sword, right? So for me, it's my ability or the eye's ability to pivot, to be able to go, huh, you know what? I just see this opportunity right here and I'm, let's take, let's do that. That was spontaneous, a spontaneous response. In a conversation when you're trying to work together with me is know that sometimes I'm gonna have some spontaneous moments and go, okay, we can, we can either be good with that or we could be good with it and temper it, right? How can we be spontaneous, but also collaborative and, and uh, appropriate with the team and the values and things like that? Cool. Right. Um, and when things get tense with an eye, um, avoid personal attacks. That is so true. No truer statement said in this uh, sharecast today. Yeah. So, and it's easy to, what's funny about that is, and again, it comes down to sort of EQ and learned behavior, because even as the I, when we start to feel that, I might also then now attack you personally versus the issue at hand. Right. And remembering that when I am talking, when you're talking to the I and is that it's not personal especially if it's a work-related scenario like right. it's not personal right there's a behavior that we but yeah but the, for some the minute that it seems personal then they're going to be defensive they get more emotional about it and, and, they, of, and it completely becomes a wall you're not able to have a conversation yeah. and what i've seen with eyes is that they will they will be dramatic like they will sit back fold their arms it's like conversation over yeah and you just keep on blabbing 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 they're like mm -mm, i'm yeah. hearing nothing and you made me mad yeah right you just said something like so you like i'm just thinking of something funny like even in a personal relationship you know have any has has anybody ever said what yeah, oh that's just like your mom or that's just like your dad well how that is not a winning statement that does not <laughs> it doesn't go well um but yeah and i'll, I'll let you know conversation over um yeah. and so so don't get personal with it even no matter what um acknowledge the importance of their feelings um and let them know that the relationship is still solid let them know oh. letting them know which is i find this interesting um and i see it there's some people that we both know i see it i see it with lots of people I see it less with myself. So this is where it's like, I'm not locked into this I style thing. And this is about involvement, right? And, and EQ and other learning. And I've learned to be sure. self-controlled and, and with my emotions and things is that um, this concern that the relationship, that just because we had a work tension moment or because we disagreed on something or you didn't adopt my idea or and even in my personal relationships or personal relationships is that just because we had all of those issues or we had a conversation and it wasn't super pleasant or 
doesn't mean that the relationship is damaged. But they may feel that. But they may feel that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've learned that. I didn't yeah. understand that because I don't feel that at all as a D. But as we've learned about these different styles, behavioral styles, I totally get it now, but I did not get it before. Yeah. And how uh, in my conversations, I have to be, it's because it's harder for me to be super sensitive, um, but I have to be because they will take it very, very personally, as much as we try not to make it a personal issue, more about a behavior in it as an issue. Yeah. Uh, have to be and have to make sure that they understand that it's safe and that you're still cared for and we still, you know, we still value you. It's just this one issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just this one, thing just needs thing to be we need to yeah, be different. And and this one thing doesn't discredit all the other great things that you are, right? right. And that you bring. Um it's funny because for me, again, so this is where we have to be really careful about not pigeonholing people. So that's not me either. And again, that's probably just evolvement. But um, I think you and I have talked about this a lot too. Like I, I actually, once I've had the conversation with you, once we've worked through a tension or a, 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 a scenario and we've come to a decision and we've moved, I just, I'm ready to move forward. Right. I rarely look in the rearview mirror. And in fact, someone, sometimes someone will say, oh, remember when? And then you were so upset with this. And I'll be like, really? Was another thing, was I there? And then because it's like, because I'm done. Like once I'm done, it's done. It's over. It's forgotten. But, but a classic eye might hold on to it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. their feelings are hurt. Because they're really hurt. Yeah. I think what's interesting, we'll talk about the C's next. Because if you, if you consider the physical reaction of an eye to something that they, they feel like is an assault and how they will have body language like this, the mm -hmm. C is like the consummate poker player. Yeah. The C will just sit there and look at you straight face and you'll be like, oh, you know, this is, this is going great. But internally, it's much different than what their external appearance is. So let's talk about the C's as we sort of finish up these four styles. So the C, working effectively with the C is making sure that we talk to them about the objective. So you're going to lose them straight away if we start talking about even a, a, a behavior per se first. So with them, they want to talk more about what is the objective of the conversation? What is the fact-based aspects of this thing? So Jerry, could you agree? And would you agree that you, um, that there, you have been tardy to work 7.5 days this month? And those days are Tuesday, when, you know, whatever, like really like, they got to see it. Uh, Interesting. Yes, right, so it's fact-based, don't get into just, like, it's this, right? Or we're talking about this thing. Hmm. And here's the facts that we know about this thing. Um, but if, or if it's like an idea or a project, right? So the, your Ds and your Is and maybe even your Ss are gonna be more excited about, oh, this is gonna feel so fun, this is gonna be great, it's gonna look this, and the, the, that C is like, <laughs> like the dead weight right yeah like tell me cautious, what is yeah just just give me the backside how are we going to lay it out what material are we going to use how are we going to you know implement it you know what's going to be right they want to know just give me the facts about that sure. right yeah. um i can see you're excited about it but that i i need you to just tell me these pieces um avoid pressuring them for an immediate decision 
Yeah, we talked about that. They need to, they need to analyze it. They need to think, th think yeah. it through. So for me, I've had to adjust. If I know I want my seed to do something, I have to decide, can this take some time? And if, I, if it can, a give it. So bring it to them early enough so that you can allow for that time. And in reverse of that, we can't always have the time. So sometimes then it's got to be, this needs to happen. I want you to take care of it. And I want you to take care of it by this date or time. And if that means you have to adjust other things in your priority list, let's help you do that. Perfect. Right? That's very helpful. Trying, trying to not do it. They just like, oh, and you got to be specific. If I say, I need you to get to this ASAP, and ASAP for you and I, Dennis, is today, but ASAP for that C is two weeks from now. Right. We're going to have trouble. Trouble. So what does that look like? Um, and then accept that they will be skeptical. Yes. So true. That's a great point. But that then is so we get true. offended, right? We can get offended or upset if that C style person, especially if it's a team member too, questions us or seems to question us or seems to be skeptical of this thing we're trying to introduce. Yes. Yes. Right? So that can come across a little bit like a challenge and that you're like, listen, this is my thing. You just, just do it. That's right? what happens to me with my strong D when we have C's that will be skeptical. I find my, and I, it's hard for me to pause and understand that's where they're coming from. And I will want to come over top of their skepticism to try to convince them. It's very difficult yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, instead of like, okay, again, being curious, what is the skepticism? What is it that you need to understand this better? What would help you with that? Um, remind me to tell you about my one doctor that's a C outside the circle and okay. how we communicate with each other. Um, when there's a problem that needs to be solved. You know, with a C, we want to allow them time for careful analysis. Yep. And even better, like if I'm the I bring in that issue, I'm going to do the analysis ahead of time. Okay. Yep. Bring them some information. I'm going to bring them some information. And I'm also going to know that even though I bring them some information and I bring them the data, they'll probably still want to do their own. They will. Yes. Right. They're still going to, yes. but at least I've done some of that legwork, which validates where I'm coming from as well as helps them go. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. She's thought about this or he's thought about this. Um, show appreciation for their logic. Right. Okay. Cause it's, That's it's a thing for them. So, um, and don't let them get bogged down in the details. So we call this analysis paralysis, right? We've sure. all heard that phrase. Yeah. C's are really good at that analysis paralysis and they'll, They'll hang there for a long, 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 long time. And they'll go down all the, uh, what about this and what this and this. And you're like, well, huh? right. Help them yes. not get bogged down in that. Right. So that's just takes helping. How do you find ways to help them to not get bogged down in that analysis? Um, and when things get tense with them, because they're going to also want to shut down and retreat because they can no longer actually take it. It's really interesting. You'll, I, I, again, not pigeonholing, but most of my C's and some of my S's, but most C's that I work with, including in my own family, even if outwardly, like they're that poker face player, 
because they can very well be. They're not mm-hmm. always, they're not overly emotional. Um, so when they do finally show emotion, well, we've, we've gone, you know, we've pushed too far. Yep. Um, but somewhere physically, you see it in them. Many of them get red. Oh. I, it would be super fascinating to do a deeper dive study of like, what is that? Yeah. Um, they get red in the face, their necks get red. So even if they haven't said anything, you will see a physical display mm, of that. Interesting. Okay. Stress, that stress. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so when things do get tense, support your opinions with logic and facts, not emotions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, give them space to process before confronting, you know, the issues much and avoiding uh, forceful or emotional tactics. It just doesn't. It doesn't doesn't get you you anywhere. I have a C doctor. He's outside the circle. And in fact, before he, he's a periodontist. And before he was a surgeon. He referred, I think he referred me to you, no? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Continue on. No, 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 not, not my, not perfect prince. (laughs) All right. All right. Different. Because he's also strong C. (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, And this, he, this guy was a, um, aeronautical engineer prior to go deciding to go to dental school we are talking outside of the sea very little shading in any other areas although Mm. interestingly enough he's got this shading up into the eye oh interesting so which he used to play in a band things i didn't you would never Mm. ever guess about him um and he likes to dance Fun. So, but we have a really hard time, especially early on, and even sometimes still now, communicating, as you can imagine, me and my high eye, him outside the circle of the sea. And so when he's, re- and he's really working hard to be a better leader, to, to be clear about his vision and the values for the practice. And, you know, sometimes I would get off calls with him and like, no matter what I was trying, I felt like we are just, we, we didn't really get anywhere in the conversation. And I thought, boy, he must be so, he's so frustrated. I, I don't know if we're going to work together very long because this is just not, we're not really connecting. And then one day he said to me, um, he sent me a message after one of those conversations. And he said, I am so sorry. I must be so frustrating to you. <laughs> he said, and I'm, tr- you know, I'm trying and I know it's hard. It's hard for me. Um, I'm really learning how to try to be a human. And I he can said, come off as robotic because he's such a strong C. Yeah. And just like, wait, yeah. this is not computing in the data. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I, or like he can intellectually go, I could see how that would be I, I understand that, but I just still don't see how that would work, you sure. know? Yeah. And so I said, oh, I said, oh my goodness, I, doctor, I think, I, I, think, I think you're frustrated with me. And he said, well, be that as it may, like we, we frustrate each other. He said, but the difference is, and what I appreciate so much is that you don't get emotional and you don't get forceful and he didn't necessarily use those exact words, but pretty much those words. He said, and you stay in it with me and you keep trying. 
not in the same way, but I keep trying to relate to him even in his way. Sure, right. You're trying to speak to him in his language. And he said, and even still, I struggle. And he said, and I just want you to know, not very many people have actually hung in there with me like that in my lifetime. Oh, that's very interesting. He said, so uh, frustrated with you? No, I appreciate your patience and sticking it out with me. And then we make progress. It, like he'll have his moment and then he sure. shares the, the revelation with me. And I'm like, yes, right? That's what I was trying to, but we have, I've had really patient. It's a slow, this ain't, this ain't gonna be no fast process. Right. This has been a slow and steady process. Well, I think that's a perfect way to sort of finish up our conversation. For our viewers, our listeners, our readers, what I'm hoping to get from these sharecasts is that you can take this information that Jerry is sharing with us and be able to use it in your practice. And this is a perfect example about not doing unto others as you would do unto yourself, but do unto others as, and I guess Jerry would say, and do unto others as they would like to receive it. Yeah. And, and that's a sort of the true quality is just meeting them in their place. And it's not just one-sided. We talked about this last episode that both sides have to try to meet somewhere so that one person isn't going all the way over to the other side. We're trying to be collaborative with this. Yep. But we have found in our practice, and we're not perfect, and we have plenty of failures, and we have plen plenty of collisions, but we have found that by understanding other people's personality styles that we are getting better at communicating. It's been a long haul. This is not something that's happened overnight. We've been working at this for a year and a half. We still have progress to make, but we are, we are collaboratively communicating at a much higher level than what we were before we started working with Jerry. And as resistant as I was to this learning about DISC and these personality styles, I have become a true believer and how it's helped us function better as a team. And for that reason, I am super grateful. I don't know, super grateful. I am incredibly grateful for you sharing your wisdom and your experience and your patience as you've walked us through these different styles and how we can relate to each other and how we can just be better leaders and be better team members with, uh, with our dental staff. So yeah. Jerry, thank you so much. You are so welcome. And, you know, likewise, anytime I work with any client on any of these pieces, I am also always learning and growing. I'm like, oh, because you brought up some great questions that had us dig even deeper into this, Dennis. So I appreciate you all so very much. Also, it's helped me be a better coach. Jerry, remind us of your email address if people wanted to contact you. Yeah, it's Jerry, G-E-R-I at ggpracticecoachinganddevelopment.com. That's a short one. It's no, it's not. I know. Uh, and or you can find us on Facebook. At, you know, you can look up GG Practice Coaching uh, and Development, and then it'll also everywhere. I have links to my website, uh, and then links to my email and to my calendar, even if you want to schedule so a call or conversation or ask more questions. Perfect, Jerry. Thanks again. Always great talking to you, and we'll look forward to having more conversations with you down the road. All right. Goodbye, DOTers. All right. So, dental online trainers, thanks for joining us today. Yours for better dentistry and for better leadership. I'm Dennis Hartlieb, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye now.